Hi, this is Sean. And I'm Liv. And welcome to Case Closed? Question mark? for another episode of Case Closed. Late, per usual, but we're changing our schedule. Yeah, so uh, bef- right, off the, right off the top, uh, we're, we're going to uh, do a little change in the way we're dropping episodes, uh, just to kind of make it easier for us on our schedule, and so we can actually get them out on time for you guys. Right. Um, so what we're going to do is, anytime we have a faith update, uh, we will have an episode on Monday, and then our Wednesday and Saturday episodes will be for new cases. Yes. Um, so... Uh, we won't have, a obviously, a faith update every week, but we will try to get them out um, when they do uh, come in. Right. Um, so we are starting kind of our canvassing type stuff soon with uh, with faith and all that. So, and that way, like, it doesn't take up our actual recording time for the week. So right. you guys aren't feeling like we're shorting you an episode. Yeah, yeah. We want to make sure we're getting you guys enough per week uh, and not just, you know, boring... Random we will updates. get better. Yeah, no, I, I promise you. We are we are looking at uh, ways to change things, get better. I know sound quality has been tough the last couple episodes, and we're we're working on that. I promise you. But we are appreciative of everybody who has listened so far. Yeah, who's sticking it out? Yeah, who's really sticking it out? Um, we're we're really really thankful for everybody that's listened so far. Um, I know we say this every week, and we're like a broken record at this point, mm-hmm. but. Uh, we just want to get that out um, up at the top there. So Mondays, faith updates when we have them. Wednesdays and Saturdays, we will have uh, different cases for you. Right. So uh, be on the lookout for that. So um, without further ado, I know we said last week we were going to try and do a UK uh, episode because we got a lot of people listening over there in the UK. Right. So... Um, we were going through looking at a couple different cases, and we decided, why not do... Jack the Ripper. The most famous of all, you know, serial, serial killers. killers out there. I mean, you could go talk to somebody in a random village somewhere and be like, yo, have you ever heard of Jack the Ripper? And they'd be like, yeah, of course. They may not know exactly what happened, but they've but, heard but they, of But they've Jack heard the it, Ripper. of course, yeah. So I, I, Later on the, on the episode, I'll tell you the psychology behind why his name is so catchy. Yeah. It, it's, it's one of those cases where it's funny, like, when we were going through and she was showing me some of the research she found and timeline stuff, it's crazy how things were attributed to him. That may or may not be him. Right. Well, and this case is so crazy because... We don't know, and I think it's, like, the biggest unsolved mystery that is... Oh, of all time. It's almost bigger than the question of why why are we alive, what is our purpose, you know, know, those questions, it's almost almost right there at it. And there there have been so many red herrings over the years that, I mean, this also plays... We're not even going to touch suspects, because there's no need. Oh, yeah, I mean, like, we looked, there's an actual um, website dedicated dedicated to it and it has like a list of suspects that go from like royalty to like a lowly like (laughs) peasant yeah Yeah. and there's like a list i mean hovering over this there's like at least like 
like ten people on this list that they have of, of like suspects right. or like you people. You can go cast your vote. Yeah, the, this website. So we'll put the link in the in the uh, episode mm-hmm. description. Um, it's like a legit like dot org. It's not like just some random blog right. that somebody put up. Like this is an Very actual cool. like source, um, and you can vote on who you think it is. I it, love it's it. really really funny. Um, so the um, crimes are not funny. They're very, very yes. awful. That's not what we mean by that. Right. It's funny that there are people that they are just kind of throwing in there at that at the time. You know what they're called? What are they called? Ripperologists. Really? We can be ripperologists. We're not. We don't. We don't classify as ripperologists. But there are people who dedicate their lives. I wonder if John Stamos is a ripperologist. No, he's not. Oh, you know how hard it is to be a ripperologist. I don't know. We're not even, like, halfway there. We're, like, we're just, like... What, is there, like, a class you got to take? Like, I, Well, I, I was listening to it on a podcast today, because you guys know I love to get information from podcasts. I'm a very audio learner. Like, learner. I just sell yeah. shit in the car. I'm in the car all day. But to be a ripperologist, I mean, takes many, many, many hours and many, many, many months and years of dedicating just time and effort into the ripper case. Yeah. Well... I mean, hey. To all you ripperologists out there, go ahead and correct us because I guarantee you we're going to say things that not everybody agrees with. Yeah. I, because nobody agrees with a ripper case. Every right. ripperologist is different too. They all have different suspects. Yeah. So it's really interesting because like, this is one of the cases that people get so heated about because they know who did it. Yeah. Oh, well, everybody thinks they know. Right. In terms of and like... nobody really has any idea. Yeah. But we just figured it would be... Um, a good case to kind of go over and and talk about because even me who knows about Jack the Ripper and knows like you know the overall theme of like what he did there are some things that I didn't even like know or things that I I didn't realize that how many murders there were right Um, I always used to think there was like a lot more than there were but like technically we'll get into it more but there's only what like five five that they attributed to him and so, really, some people even argue it down to four, yeah. or really three, and um, I'll touch on that really quickly, Is because I think when you search it, they give you five pretty much every time, Right. Um, but it's because people can't agree on the five. There's a for sure three. Yeah. Um, other than that, or for sure four, the fifth one they don't really know. They're not, you know, just kind but, of. But it, and, and it all spans like within like a year or two, right? Right. So, I mean... No, 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 no. Ten weeks. Ten weeks? Yeah. Isn't there something in here from 1891? Probably, but it has nothing to do with that. Like, Oh, like... that's right, because like, I remember looking through the <laughs> timeline and being like, there's a lot of stuff on here that they put in that aren't no, like, the... t- tied to Jack the Ripper, technically, we'll, we'll but get, people we'll think we'll they are, yeah. So... so, yeah, this... Okay, so, yeah, I am I stand corrected. It does... <laughs> that's why I do the research. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so, uh, why don't we get into it, um, right. at the start of Jack the Ripper's reign. Okay. So, at the very beginning, there was a lady named Emma Smith who was murdered. And she is not attributed to one of the Ripper crimes. But, the reason her name gets brought up with Jack the Ripper is that she, along with the rest of the women killed, were prostitutes. Yeah. And... Before I go any farther, let's just talk about how London, this area of London was at the time. This was very poverty-stricken. 
this was a place where there were a lot of immigrants coming in that didn't have work, that didn't necessarily speak the language. There was a lot of racism surrounding them for being there, and so it was just a very rough place. They were, they were very lax on crime because even the cops tended to be pretty racist when it came to yeah. you know the crimes. They all kind of believed it was a certain group of people. And, and not to mention, she's a prostitute, she, so well, back in that time... Actually, this is one of the cases that goes against the norm. You know how we normally say that prostitutes are looked at in criminal cases as less than human? Yeah. This is one of the examples of that being the opposite. Really? The reason being is, going back to how they made money, a lot of women, to put food on the table, were prostitutes. Mm -hmm. There was quite a number. I mean, it was very, very common for somebody to solicit sex to go get drunk. That was also another thing that was a really big issue at this time was pretty much everybody were drunks. Yeah. And it's because gin was so cheap. It was cheaper than food, and you wouldn't really feel hungry when you drank. Right, yeah, yeah. So they, you know, that that was very, very common for that area and for that time. Um, and when Emma was killed, that set off this whole... You know, narrative of okay, we've got to start protecting our people, but they didn't really. The higher powers, royalty, the people who set you know the standards, mm -hmm. didn't really want to because yeah. these are people who they deemed dirty, who they deemed less than human all around, not prostitutes necessarily, not yeah, anybody lower than them, you know. Right. So they didn't really get a great name. Right. Um, when it came to this stuff, um, but yeah, this is where that's different, but. The very first murder that was attributed to Jack the Ripper was Mary Ann Nichols. She died at 3.45 a.m. on August 31st. Mary Ann Nichols, uh, yeah, so like she said, she, they, she was found in Whitechapel um, in an area called Bucks Row. Um, I believe her throat was slit almost to her spinal cord. Um, to my knowledge, that was what happened for the first... Murder, I believe the second as well. Um, I could be wrong. But I, I do think that Mary Ann Nichols was the first to have her throat slit almost to the spinal column. This was very gruesome for people to find. She was a prostitute. She was uh, she was a drunk, and as were most people. Um, but people liked her. She wasn't somebody who had a lot of enemies. Most of these, uh, all of these women... Seem to be like seem to be liked in their community, regardless of their background and what they were doing. I think it's how I think that's how. Okay. I, I think all of them had their throats slit. It says that when they found her, she was found by a guy named Charles Cross, mm -hmm. and that when he found her, he brought another uh, another person back uh, with him and said, "You know, look, I found something. There's a woman lying on the pavement. Mm -hmm. She was laying on her back with her legs straight out." And her skirt was raised almost over her waist. Mm -hmm. And so he he said he touched her face and that she was kind of warm. Her hands were cold and limp. And he was like, you know, basically thinking that she's dead. There was a little bit of slight movement, but it was pretty much almost non-existent. Right. So they were going to try and, you know, sit her up, see if they could help her. But the one guy was like, nah, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not, I'm not touching her. They didn't notice at first. Um, until a closer look um, that her throat had been uh, slashed and that her head had almost been literally cut off from her body. Right. 
So um, it was basically, they said at first it was so dark that they couldn't tell that her throat had been slit. Right. Um, so the fact that there was still some sort of breathing coming uh, from her well, is like... reflexes. It's it probably wasn't breathing. Um, because your body does twitch a little yeah. after death. But um, an interesting note about you know bleeding out specifically from your neck, that takes a while. Yeah. You know, and the way that these injuries happen, they... Most of them said that if that was their cause of death, and they they bled out for a while. Yeah. Um, we'll see this as a theme that some of the women died of um, suffocation or strangulation before um, actually having their their throat cut. Yeah. <laughs> um, just an interesting mo for Jack the Ripper. So the next murder was Elizabeth Stride. She was a former prostitute, and she was a drunk. That that's that's a running theme here. Her nickname was uh, Long Liz. Long Liz, yep. Um, she died on September 30th, 1888 at 11 p.m. Yeah, 11, uh, 11.45. Like 11.30. Uh, she was found, I think, around 11.45. So, yeah, I think around 11.30 okay. was when she was uh, actually killed, yeah. Yep. So, Elizabeth Stride was the first of a double murder in one night. On September 30th, um, 1888. This was following a letter sent to the police that is the Dear Boss letter. Yeah, so the Dear Boss letter um, was sent uh, to the police, and I'll, uh, I'll read it real quick. Um, so the Dear Boss letter said, Dear Boss, I keep on hearing the police have caught me, but they won't fix me just yet. I have laughed when they look so clever and talk about being on the right track. That joke about leather apron gave me real fits. I'm down on whores, and I shan't quit ripping them till I do get buckled. Grand work the last job was. I gave the lady no time to squeal. How can they catch me now? I love my work and want to start again. You will soon hear of me with my funny little games. I have saved some of the proper red stuff in a ginger beer bottle over the last job to write with. It went thick like glue and I can't use it. Red ink is fit enough, I hope. Ha ha. The next job I do, I shall clip the lady's ears off and send them to police officers just for jolly, wouldn't you? Keep this letter back till I do more work, then give it out straight. My knife's so nice and sharp, I want to get to work right away if I get the chance. Good luck. Yours truly, Jack the Ripper. And we'll get back to the leather apron thing in a minute. Um, I have a whole thing about that. But just as another note about this letter, it, it was written in red ink. It was very pretty in the handwriting. Yeah. Um, and... I mean, definitely very cryptic, but keep in mind, 1888, there's no DNA evidence. Um, getting letters from the press was relatively calm, or to the press or to the police station. They got a bunch of letters from, quote unquote, the killer. Mm -hmm. This is the first one that gave himself a name. That's where he gets his infamous name, um, Jack right. the Ripper. And yeah, he, he like even says a little note at the bottom of this letter. He says, don't mind me giving the trade name. Right. So this is where they, you know... They kind of hold on to that, and they used they held on to it for a while before they actually released it. And then when they did, um, the Star 
picked up the news story. And another thing to know is, not unlike today, the news industry is very keen on making sure that they are the first and mm-hmm. that they are right regardless if that's the truth. Yeah. So when police weren't immediately giving them information about this, they went on their own investigating and interviewing and following detectives around hoping that they would, you know, find a lead that way. At one point, a detective, no, I'm sorry, not a detective, a news journalist dressed up as a woman to lure Jack the Ripper. And when the police saw him and was like, hey, what you doing? And he said, oh, uh, just trying to catch the Ripper. They're like, go home. Like, what what are you doing? These are people. Like, this is something that's actually happening. Keep yourself safe. So... The, the the press plays a big role in the whole Jack the Ripper thing because once it was published, um, they started getting more letters that may or may not have been from him. Yeah. Um, I feel like of the letters, this one and one more seem to be the most consistent with who was probably Jack the Ripper. Um, but again, we can't know for sure that, that he actually wrote this. There was another letter that was a precursor to this that said... Um, Hey, I am a horse slaughterer, and I am, I am distraught, and I don't want to kill anymore. Please come help me. Right. That one also could have been um, as well, but again, we don't know. Um, and a whore, being a horse slaughterer and wearing a leather apron, again, super common because um, people who shine shoes wore leather aprons. Horse slaughterers did. That was a very common job. Yeah. Um, a lot of the working class men wore leather aprons at some point. Right. So um, we'll get back into that in a minute. But back to Elizabeth Stride. She was the first to die that night. Yeah. And she had her throat slashed as well all, all the way to her um, spinal column almost. And it looks like this is the most eerie one is because she was found pretty quickly after mm-hmm. she died. And it is said, you know, most people kind of believe that he probably just like sank into the shadows. And he was probably very close when they found her body. And what's interesting, like one of the things about her death, they talk about she was seen with a man. Yes. So she A couple of the women were. She was um she was lodged she was like living at a um at a I think a pub at the time. No, so there was a lot of house I'm gonna put air yeah. quotes houses where you could pay um to stay in a bed for the night or you could pay to stand against the wall and sleep. Right. And most of the you know prostitutes and um lower lower class people who couldn't afford their own place, which was the majority of people at this time in this area, paid for rooms. Um, so she was saying that one mm. um pretty consistently. Right. So yeah, so she left the lodging house around 7.30 p.m., mm-hmm. um, and she had talked to another person named Catherine Lane, mm-hmm. who was also a lodger there with her. At um, That night, one of the things that they point out, it rained a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, around 11 o'clock, it says that she um, was seen by Jay Best and John Gardner. They saw her, like, sheltering in a doorway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, they said that there was a man with her and that the man was about five foot, five inches tall. Um, he had a black mustache, uh, sandy eyelashes, and was wearing a black 
morning suit together with a Billy Cock hat. Right. Um, they, um, basically, what one of the guys said was, he said they didn't appear willing to go out. He was hugging and kissing her, and as he seemed a respectably dressed man, we were rather astonished at the way he was going on with this woman. Yes, and they did say um, in another report, I don't, I don't think I found it on this website, I heard it in the podcast, that um, that same person also reported hearing him say, you'll go with me, mm-hmm. um, or you'll go with me. It was very grim. It's like, looking back, it's like, yeah. oh, that's not good. And they, yeah, and that what was interesting, they even like made those two guys like were making jokes like kind of back at yeah, them about like they thought it was a weird situation. Yeah, they were like, watch out, like the leather aprons getting around you and all right. that stuff. And well, yeah, that's another thing is that the the name leather apron was what was thrown around first, right? Um, not Jack the Ripper. Yeah. So um, then, just a little bit later, it was Kate Eddowes, and she was was found within forty five minutes of right. Elizabeth Stride. Um, and another thing to remember is, like, the streets here were, like, mazes, um, and they still kind of are. Unless you know the place, you're not getting around very quickly. She was found disemboweled right. with her kidney removed, her uterus removed, her intestines found, I believe, over her right shoulder. Before she was killed... Around 8.30 p.m. that the evening before, she was entertaining a delighted crowd of onlookers um, outside a building on Aldgate High Street um, with a spontaneous, though drunken, imitation of a fire engine. Um, she took a bow and she laid down on the pavement and went to sleep. And I, I, for some reason, I just really love her. She just, I think it's because of that story of before she died, she's just kind of like, yeah. I'm going to be a fire engine. <laughs> she stands in the street and like, it's a fire engine and then just goes to bed. Um, and I didn't really look much else into um, her, you know, the, what happened after for her. So it does say that um, she basically, she had actually gotten picked up by the police. Oh, yeah, yeah, not yeah. Not that long that. after. And... Um, they uh, brought her to a cell, and they said... But she had just gotten released when she got killed. Right, yeah. So it was around 12, 15, um, she woke up in her cell, mm-hmm. um, and one of the police officers heard her singing. Mm-hmm. And then at 12, 55, he came in and told her, you know, you're free to go. And then he asked her for a name and address for the release papers, and she told him it was Mary Ann Kelly of 6 Fashion Street. Mm-hmm. So she leaves the police station. It was pretty much not long after that her body was found. Right. And so, Which means that Jack had a little bit more time right. with her body than right. um, he had with Elizabeth's. Um, and then right after this, I believe, it was like within a couple of days... Um, if not the next day, the police get the From Hell letter. Yes. Now, this one's a really interesting one because it's full of... The grammar is so different. Yes. Nothing is really spelled correctly. And I will go ahead and warn with the gore. This was sent with half of a kidney. And it yes. is believed to be either this is a fake letter and it was a lamb kidney. Or that the kidney was Kate's. Okay. So... 
from hell, Mr. Lusk, Sore. I'm assuming that means sir. Yes. I send you half the kidney I took from one woman, preserved it for you. The other piece I fried and ate. It was very nice. I may send you the bloody knife that took it out if you only wait a while longer. Signed, catch me when you can, Mr. Lusk. Mr. Lusk was the detective that was in charge of this case. Yes. Because um, I don't think we've said that yet. Yeah, so yeah, Mr. Lusk was the, the, yeah, the head of the case, yeah. Yeah. So then the next two murders um, were Mary Kelly. She could have been the last of the Ripper killings on November 9th, 1888. Right. Um, then Alice McKenzie was on July 17th, 1898. Both of them usually get attributed to Jack, um, but, you know, again, we don't know exactly. We won't ever know who, yeah. you know, and what's who interesting, did what. And what's interesting, obviously, the name you recognize, the one name is Mary Kelly, Mary Kelly is the name that um, Catherine uh, Eddowes had given when she uh, had sent for, like, yeah. when, when the police asked to send the release papers, it was sent to a Marianne Kelly Right. On Fashion Street. So now I'm going to kind of get into a little bit of who Jack the Ripper was in a psychology sense, because I think that's going to help if you guys ever want to crack the case. (laughs) Um, Which there's plenty of people who say the same thing um, about who they think it is. But anyway, so we're going back to the whole idea of Leather Apron. Mm -hmm. Leather Apron was a guy who they did find... Um, that was harassing prostitutes. He was threatening them with a knife, and he was going up to them saying, give me all the money you have on you. And these prostitutes were terrified of, you know, of him, and they they really thought that he was going to hurt them. And so when these murders started happening, everybody in that community believed it was leather aprons. Mm -hmm. Again, leather aprons were very common. So another thing to remember with that is if... Jack the Ripper wore a leather apron. You think about the blood that had to do with what he was doing. He was also very meticulous with what he did, which made people believe that he was either a doctor, a surgeon, a, you know, a mortician, like a, working in the autopsy type deal. We didn't really know, or a horse slaughterer. Any of those could have been possible. All of those, again, you probably would have seen, people would have seen him in a leather apron, not right. anything about it. And... There really wasn't a lot of splatter that would have happened from his crimes. And the reason being is for one of them, he did suffocate her first. Right. So there wouldn't be any fight. Well, that and when he would go to slit her throat, it would bleed out because her heart's already stopped. Right. So when he would go to do his quote-unquote surgeries on these women, he wouldn't have to really hide blood a whole lot. Yeah. Plus, if he's a horse slaughterer, nobody would anything about it. Again, that was a very common job. Yeah. So, people look at his, or psychologists, I won't just say people, people and psychologists, look at his crimes and can kind of break it into a couple of different theories. Right. And one of them is that, is the most obvious and most common, is mommy issues. It, you know, most, if not all, 
male serial killers have mommy issues of some yeah. sort. I don't. I don't think I can name a single one that has didn't have a mommy issue. Um, right. And it could be that he was hypersexualizing his mother. That Thanks. yeah. Well, that's a big thing yeah. because either. You know, you look at the, the crimes and how they happened and who he was targeting. Was she a sex worker who was a drunk that lived in the town and right. which would, which him? wouldn't have been a shock because back then been. that's that's how things were done. Did she sexually abuse him? Right. Did was it even a him? Jack the Ripper could have been a female. Um, that's right. that's a big theory because these crimes are so targeted. Um, mm-hmm. It could have been a female who was angry um, morally. Um, it could have been a guy that was, you know, most people believe it was a guy. It's yeah, because of the name. Female, Jack the Ripper. Se- female serial killers are very far in, you know, and few in between. They don't get caught. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But at the same time, if you look at it from a perspective of just kind of the history of the way of serial yeah, killers, usually, usually females will like poison. Right. Yeah. It's usually not a violent crime. It's usually something right. like that. Yeah. Um, but you very rarely will find a and then, and, and real quickly, like to just to kind of keep on that, I mean, there have been things where when it comes to Jack the Ripper, they've, they've thought so many things about oh, who yeah. he could be. I mean, I was, we were talking about this, I remember a couple of years back, that there had been some sort of DNA profile that they talked they about. They don't have DNA. They don't have, yeah, but like they talked about, I guess, I don't know what it was that they had that they were using, basing off of, but they kind of were like, Oh well, Jack the Ripper could have been somebody of like Polish descent, and well, like and you here's, know, they, here's my and, issue and they, with it is even if they happen to have DNA that they found and somehow preserved right. in some way from 1888, getting you know the DNA breaks down. You think about yeah. cases from 20, 30 years ago that DNA is already corrupted. Right. If you think about it from 200, you know, this is a long time ago. This yeah. is, you know, 120, 100, I don't know, I can't math right now. That's okay. Um, Me, I'm really tired. <laughs> it's been a long day. But I, um, yeah, I mean, I, I have an issue with it because even if you have a partial DNA, right, it's not going to tell you who it is because they didn't take DNA samples from right. people there. Yeah. So, okay, a Polish descent. So was half the people in that city. So it really doesn't help very much, even if they can narrow it down to that. Yeah. And I feel like it gives people a false sense of hope because these people did have families. Some of the women had children. Right. You know, they did have descendants that really don't know what happened to their family members yeah. and to their loved ones. So I, I don't know. I guess I, that's just my two cents yeah. of my high horse on that because I just, I feel like it makes people way too... Yeah excited to just kind of it be shot down because it can't I really... think it's just that people are hoping that nowadays with the advent of technology we'll figure it out that even with something as old as a hundred plus years 150 Whoa. years old whatever you know that you could still somehow find out some even morsel of information well they did and yeah. I will give you this <laughs> yeah technology did find out that he did live in the town and it they mapped his locations, mm-hmm. improved kind of where he, they kind of narrowed it down the street that he could have lived on, um, which is really awesome yeah. how they did that. And I, we can link the, there's a study I could show you, yeah. but it was really neat. Um, so they did do that, and I can give them that, where that's pretty awesome. But I, just DNA bothers me because yeah. I just, I feel like from a scientific point of view, trying to look for DNA now seems like a red herring. But go, what, going back to the like, psychological, though. Oh, yeah. So, 
Well, You're oh. talking about he had, they were thinking about it could be mother, like, oh, yeah, mommy, mommy issues. issues. Yeah, so it could be mommy issues. It could be that he had, this is one that I love, multiple personality disorder. And this is something mm-hmm. that was not diagnosed very commonly back then. Right. I don't believe it was ever diagnosed back then. It could have been, and I'm just wrong. I will admit when I'm wrong. MPD, multiple personality disorder, kind of changed names a couple of times. And it could be also misunderstood with dissociative identity disorder, DID, which is more common than multiple personality. So multiple personality means if you've ever watched the movie Switch, it's not a great representation necessarily Mm -hmm. because of kind of what happens. I'm not going to give any spoilers in the movie because of how it ends because it's kind of a little bit more supernatural. Are you talking about Split? Split. That's That's right. I knew what I meant. Yeah. Split. Yeah, but... It is good, too, as far as looking yeah. at it, because this won't give much away, because it starts from the very beginning, but he goes from... It's also from, been out for, like, four years now, so... Spoilers don't yeah. matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not long enough. Go yeah. watch it. Or pause the episode now, go watch it, and come back if you don't want right. a spoiler. But he goes from being a normal 32-year-old, 33-year-old, to a 9-year-old little boy, and he really does switch in his brain. And they do know that with people with multiple personality disorder, they will take on the actual identity. So if one of the identities is a 40-year-old man, they will have strength like a 40-year-old man while they're in this identity. But when they go back into a 9-year-old little boy or a little girl, they can change genders, they can change whatever, or time periods. Sometimes they think that they're, they have that ability so they right. they go back to being nine and they can't they really can't lift this they really can't do this right which goes to the letters which kind of makes sense because it almost seems like one letter is come help me like i i found myself in this situation again to i did it again wahaha to you know a whole different mo right. and then like the letter from hell has all those spelling errors right. which could have been on purpose but it could have also been a part of his personality, that like would, one of his multiple personalities, where right. he's illiterate, where right. he can't, where he wasn't educated. Right. You know, that could be one of the things. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, again, we will never know about the letters if they were actually from him, but right. I feel like if that is the case, multiple personality sort of makes the most sense to me, along with um, the whole idea of his mom was probably a sex worker who... Um, abused alcohol because alcoholism and prostitution were the only two links to all of these women. Right. So that was very targeted. Yeah, there's obviously ha- there obviously has to be something connected in it where right. where um, I'm sorry you're gonna get a really loud uh, <laughs> Flynn breath there, folks. Um, he doesn't the- like when we record. He, he doesn't, doesn't like being locked up in here. Yeah, but he doesn't like being locked out. So it's <laughs> better than hearing uh, scratching in the background, folks. Um, but uh, it's. It's definitely pointed at one group. And so you can't deny that there has to be a connection to that. And whether it could just be, you know, just a man who is going on a religious crusade and and trying to cleanse the area. Which I'll get into that. um, Or it's somebody who has a connection to that lifestyle through mommy issues or through, like, the right. way he was brought up. And it could have been... A, 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 and when we say mommy issues, it doesn't necessarily mean mommy. It means mother figure. Right. It could have been an aunt. It could have been a sister. It could have been... Whatever his influence was from a female figure was not very great. Even right. with, you know, um, MPD, it's like 
we can't know what causes MPD. Mm-hmm. We don't. We don't. And we're, there's lots of studies, and a lot of people think that they figured it out, and then just to figure out that something is completely different. Right. But a lot of it does have to do with traumas. Mm-hmm. There are different boxes in your brain that people tend to escape to subconsciously. That seems to be the running thing when it comes to MPD. Is that yeah. like that is pretty much something everybody can agree on. Now, DID, dissociative identity disorder, is when somebody will quote unquote black out and perform acts that they don't know that they're doing. Right. Could he have had DID instead of MPD? Sure. But the reason I don't believe that necessarily are the letters. But also he was so aware of what he was doing and they were consistent. Typically DID would have, I mean, I mean, I guess you could argue it either way because he did get into a repetitive nature mm-hmm. with what he, with his killings. But a lot of times dissociative people who are in a dissociative state tend to do the same thing over and over again. Um, so going to different streets, you know, I don't know. I guess you could argue it either way. Multiple personalities sort of makes most sense to me. I think so, yeah. It, it definitely seems like he's channeling a couple different right, fra- frame of mind, you know, when it comes to the killings. Yeah. Um, even though he does the same thing in each killing, that's how he connects them, but right. it's still... Well, in some of them he disembowels and sometimes he doesn't. Right. And it could have been time, and it could have been place, and somebody walk up, and whatever. Or it could have been multiple people. Right. And what's interesting, like, that that idea, you know, because it brings you back to that very first uh, victim on yes. on the timeline. Uh, Which, I didn't mention this about her. Right. She was, uh, this is a huge trigger warning about rape, so skip ahead if this is something that you don't want to hear. Right. But she was sexually assaulted by four men in the streets and robbed and beat. And when she got to her lodging house, she got to her friend, and her friend was like, um, you're going to the hospital, and she was so out of it. Um, she got to the hospital and died the next day of injuries. Right. So yeah. she didn't die that night from being stabbed. She died the next day. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, so so she was she was actually killed by, she died of her wounds from right. that from that beating and, and being sexually assaulted. Yeah. And so that brings a lot of people to think like, hey, it's possible it was a group of people. Yeah, I don't think it was them. And here's why. So, the police immediately believed it was Mm gang-related. And they really kind of pushed that in the media. But the media really wouldn't have much of it. Right. Because it didn't fit their narrative. I will give it to police. They did everything that they could have done at this point in time. I really can't find any flaws in their investigation because... They interviewed everybody they possibly could have. Right. They figured out timelines. I don't know how they... I mean, they put together such a great investigation, unfortunately to no avail, but I can't think... If they had had the technology we do today, I do believe they would have found who it was. Mm-hmm. They, but I will give it to them. They did do a really good job with the investigation um, with what they had, but... Police didn't utilize the press because they didn't trust them, mm-hmm. which ended up hurting them because the word wasn't out about the correct things necessarily. Going right. back to the leather apron thing, people really honed in on this one guy. They get a hold of this guy, and the guy's like, first of all, I have an alibi, and second, I rob people. Right. Um, so while he's not a great guy. His MO wasn't burnt. No, it wasn't. And, you know, I they interviewed... I believe into the 70s of like so P- 
people who were horse slaughterers. Mm-hmm. So 70 horse slaughterers they like brought in and questioned. I mean, that's a lot of people. That fit this MO. But that's not even everybody that they questioned. Right. That's just very specific. Like they, right, if you just go off of those, like, I mean, in general, 70 people being interviewed is usually a really good I mean, it is. And pool. they interviewed every medical student because mm-hmm. they... they but the police at one point believed that this was somebody who either worked at the hospital and the, um, I know this isn't the correct, like the politically correct term, but the insane asylum, that's what it was called at the time. Right. They believed that either they worked there and went quote unquote crazy themselves mm-hmm. or was an escaped patient. There was no document on escape patients that they could yeah. really find. And they interviewed all of the students there and all of the staff there. Nobody fit that description, and they all had alibis for the night that this yeah. happened. So, um, or at least well enough alibis where they weren't questioned anymore. But one good thing that came out of these very tragic deaths was the the reform of this area yeah. and how much attention it got from the upper class people because they're scared that this is going to spill over into their streets. Mm-hmm. So they started paying more attention to what was going on, and the police force kind of got amped up a little bit, and um, more money was given to kind of cutting down crime and giving more jobs, and um, it, it just, it, you, we've not really seen anything like it when it right. comes to reform after murders, except for this. So, yeah. 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 I mean... Jack the Ripper will always be a case that's shrouded in so much just darkness. Right. And and also so many questions. Right. I mean, we, we've talked about four victims or so, but there's like five or six that show up on his timeline. Actually, there's ten. Is there really? There's ten. And the reason being is the very first one we know wasn't him. But that started the chain of events that led to such reform. Right. That all ten murders between these time, like this time period, really were affected by what Jack the Ripper did. Yeah. Um, and one thing that a lot of people believe or believed at this time was, you know, what if it was somebody who didn't live there that you know, was trying to cause reform. Remember one of the girls was found outside of a, a socialite. I don't, I don't want to misspeak about who they were as people, but they, they had to do with policy making. Mm-hmm. She wasn't found very far from there. Yeah. And, um, the only thing that I feel like then back in that time, I feel like having somebody who just randomly comes into the area and then like kills and with the mazes of that, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it would you would have to know that area. It almost very well. sounds like a hitman to me, and the, it, because it was so pointed, right? Either it was somebody who was very much pointed at this group of women, right? Or it was somebody who knew how to get away with what they were doing, who lived in the area, but they also were hoping for the change that did happen. And you've also got to think about serial killers in general. How many of them take? The rest of their life as a break. We do see gaps. Yeah. We do see, you know, even sometimes decades of gaps. Right. So did he just disappear? Right. What happened? And typically we can link other murders to the same MO. And mm-hmm. like, you know, 
disemboweling women and taking their uteruses is a pretty big signature. Right. I mean, that's something that not everybody does. So, I mean, just what happened? You right. know, was he actually caught somewhere else on a different crime and then locked up forever or whatever? You know, what was it? But um, in, in but in in most views and in most history, he just disappears kind of into the night and right. that's it. Um, he is just as much of a phantom as he is, you know, he's almost a, a real thing. Yeah, he's almost a legend, almost yeah. like a ghost. Yeah, I mean, in my head, anytime I think of Jack the Ripper, I think of, uh, like, I just think of, like, a spectacle. Mm-hmm. I, I think of... I mean, I, I like the theory that it might have been a woman, and the reason that I like that is because it could have been a madam, which mm-hmm. is, like, the female version of, like, you know, I guess a pimp. Right. The word that, like, I'm using. But, you know, because they did have brothels. They had, yeah. you know, they had places like this. So... It could have been a scorned madam. Um, mm-hmm. That could that could have been what happened. So we do see connections between a couple of the victims. Oh, yeah, I mean they're all similar. And right. then the alcoholism was that just I mean pretty much everybody at this point was an alcoholic because again gin was so cheap that wasn't uncommon. Right. So was alcohol alcoholism the target or prostitution sex work? Right. So it could have been either, and then for it to just kind of disappear like that, it, you know. I feel like that's a very messy crime for mm-hmm. a female or a madam to do, but not for a hitman necessarily. I just, you know, all of the theories are very interesting to me. I like multiple personality disorder. I like the possible female, and I also like the socialite trying to make reform. Yeah. Um, because I don't put it past people who are in those types of powerful positions to make change the way that they feel like is right. the most easy you I certainly guess. can't put it past right um especially back there people getting right murdered and back then as long as you know reform happened it they people didn't care how it was how it was set up that's something that just like boggles my mind right is how different death is now than mm-hmm. it was then I, I think it's because i've been obsessed with hamilton lately and i don't know why i wasn't obsessed with it when it came out and i watched it one time when it was on disney plus like when it first came out right like, whatever and i've been listening to it a lot the amount of death that happened 17 1800s before that you know right. before we got modern technology was insane they said that the but the child mortality rate was 55% under five mm-hmm. in the 1880s. It was just, the, it was just, the, it was just life back children then. Children died. Yeah. I, you know, and then you start thinking about, you know, going back to like the socialite type idea of like where they try to make reform. Life didn't matter. Right. Not the same way because they didn't live as long. They didn't really, it's not that they didn't care. It's just that everybody, they, everybody knew somebody who died of a tragic way. Right. And um, so I just, it's sad mm-hmm. to know that, like, people had to go through so much heartache and trauma, and it was just so common. Right. Well, I think that that's probably a, a good place to uh, to stop. Take some time. On that. <laughs> yeah, I am too. Um, but Jack the Ripper... It's a case that will probably never get solved. Nope. Um, and it's had so many turns that, you know, we don't know what's what and what exactly is really his. Um, but 
it's it's always an interesting story to listen to. Um, At the very least, remember that there was good that came out of it. You know, right. I really hope it wasn't somebody who did it to make reform right. and change. Especially because the one thing we had mentioned earlier is that the reward money, the the crown wouldn't give reward money for the Ripper, but a lot of private places private did. Private places yeah. did. So that was one thing to remember is like. You think about it nowadays, you see this big serial killer, there's rewards. There's a lot right. of money rewards okay. for, you know, so, um, I don't know, just do your own research, and I, I really wish it was just a tale of legend and yeah. not reality, because it's really awesome. Because it's very Hollywood if you look at the story and look at all the, everything because that happened. Hollywoodized. Right. I mean, the media Hollywoodized it before Hollywood was a thing. Right. So. But, Yeah. I mean, take take it with a with a, an open mind because it's it's just a case that has you know so many options and so many things that could be the answer or just a red herring mm-hmm. um, in the case. But um, with that, uh, I'm going to bed. we are yeah. Uh, it's time <laughs> for us to go to bed. So um, let us know what you guys think. Uh, Email us at podcast.case.close at gmail.com Instagram us at podcastcaseclosed That's what it. Said. <laughs> um, we have a Facebook, but I don't I don't really know how to search it very well because yeah. when I searched it, I couldn't find it. So right. Case Closed, look us up. It's the same picture as the rest of them, so right. but, find us. Be our friend. Yeah. Love and, us. Uh, yeah. Once again, thank you guys, and uh, we will see you next time. Bye. because I was correcting you from earlier. Yes. Um, anyway, um, the, <laughs> and I, the, um, all information presented in this podcast will be cited in the show notes. Music for Case Close composed by Catastrophic Jones. Editing by Olivia McDonald. Case Close is produced by Sean and Olivia McDonald.